Do I have the right mic on? <laughs> That's the, the fun of <clears throat> having multiple roles uh, in one night. Uh, good evening. If you can't tell, Pastor Jay uh, has this evening off. We thought we should give him a break. Amen? Uh, he definitely deserves it. Um, I can vouch for him that he is working harder, um, bringing more online content, um, as well as just getting this building um, in pristine condition um, for when uh, you guys all get to come back, which hopefully will be sooner rather than later. Um, I did read today that they're planning on reopening Idaho uh, May 1st, so Lord willing, we'll, we'll see where that goes. I'm not making any promises whatsoever. <laughs> Please don't read into that and say, Daniel, Pastor Daniel said we're going to church. We're gonna, we're gonna, you know, just take it day by day, but um, that was just, that was giving me hope today, so um, I was excited for that. Um, and there's exciting things going on here. I don't want to spoil any surprises, but um, we're excited to have you guys coming back soon. Um, I also wanted to apologize for Sunday's live stream not happening. Um, we, you know, we got the camera and everything working for Sunday morning. We came in Sunday morning, uh, turned everything on, didn't change a thing, and it just wasn't working um, for various reasons. Hopefully it's working now. <laughs> um, so far, so good, I believe. Jesse's giving me a thumbs up. All right, awesome. Um, but, uh, you know, it was, it's kind of like what we were going through right now. I mean, I, didn't, I personally have not uh, been infected with the coronavirus, but, you know, I just woke up one day and the world was just broken. I mean, I didn't do anything different, um, but it happened. But um, it's fixed. The camera's fixed now, and the world will be fixed eventually. So, amen. <laughs> it's, it's happening. So, um, yeah, Pastor Jay has the night off. Um, hopefully, uh, he's at home comfy in his pajamas, um, watching along. I'm sure if you make a comment, he might reply. He might not. I mean to throw you in, into a huge conversation there, but um, he did say I could preach on any Bible passage that I want which that's a lot of freedom. Um, 66 books in the Bible. Uh, I don't know about yours, but mine's roughly mm, 2,000 pages-ish. Uh, so <coughs> take your pick. Uh, he doesn't narrow it down for me. Uh, doesn't give me a book to explore or a theme to unpack. Just nothing. Just pick a Bible passage. So I thought, hey, I'll, uh, I'll preach on one of my favorite passages, right? Like, if you're going to give me that much freedom... Uh, one of my favorites would be uh, about the woman who pushed her way through the crowd um, to touch Jesus' cloak just to get healed. That's one of my favorites. Or the miracle of the feeding of 5,000. Um, or Joseph and the Technicolor dream coat. I mean, just the coat. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, I have lots of favorites, but I, I really felt like God wanted me to share with you guys what he's been sharing with me. So... Uh, with that, I'm just going to uh, pray. God, uh, thank you for tonight. Um, thank you that uh, we are able to still come together. Um, I pray that you would just continue to protect the technology that we're using with all the hiccups we've had in the last week. I thank you that it's working now. Um, I pray that you continue to, to protect that. Um, and God, just um, uh, let my voice, as it goes out on the airwaves and the digital waves, um, just let uh, someone who needs to hear um, your voice, God, um, let me be that vessel 
but I just pray that your will be done, um, your words be spoken. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you do have your Bible, <clears throat> turn to um, Acts chapter 4. Um, Acts is in the New Testament, so kind of the last third of the Bible there. Um, starts with the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then Acts. So it's right after those Gospels there. Um, and while you're finding that, I just want to do a little catch-up. Um, so if you were with us a few weeks ago, we celebrated Easter, which was uh, Resurrection Sunday. So that's the day we celebrate uh, that Jesus uh, rising from the dead. Now, Jesus had 12 disciples, which were just kind of his close, his core group, right? Um, one betrayed him, but they replaced him later. So there's still 12. And Peter uh, is kind of, kind of the top dog in the group, I would say. He, he's kind of the, the number one disciple. If, if we had to number them, I, I would put him at least in the top three. Let's, let's settle on that. Uh, <laughs> not looking for a debate. Um, but he was, he was definitely in the top three. And Peter was a complete and utter failure, um, not unlike myself. I, I relate to Peter quite a bit, actually. Um, I can't speak for everyone, but I do relate to him probably more than I should admit. You got Peter. One minute Peter is proclaiming Jesus is the Christ. He's the Messiah. He's the one who came to save all of humankind. And the next moment, he's telling Jesus that he, Peter, has a better plan than God himself on how Jesus should take over the world. Like an idiot, Peter runs his mouth before he thinks. And sometimes I do that. Or <laughs> before he trusts that God incarnate standing right in front of him might have a pretty good handle on how to handle his plan. Another time, Peter's so confident in Jesus walking on water that he goes out and walks on water too. But Peter realizes that what he's doing is defying the laws of science, surface tension, and buoyancy, and he begins to doubt Jesus, and he sinks. Then you've got another time where Peter, he's literally ready to fight, like physically fight. He's got a sword in his hand, and maybe he's ready to fight even to the death to protect Jesus. But then hours later, not days or months or years, hours later, He's denying that he even knows who Jesus is, let alone that he's spent the last three years with him. So I kind of get Peter. We can be in a holier-than-thou moment, and then the next we're just royally screwing up. At least I've been there. But something happens to Peter. He does learn from his mistakes. This is why I like him so much. You know, a lot of us probably slam Peter a little harder uh, for being a screw-up. I've heard plenty of preachers just totally, you know, slam on Peter um, for, for what he did. Uh, but you have to give Peter credit. I mean, he does learn from his mistakes. And he, Peter goes on, after Jesus raises himself from the dead, Peter's gifted with the Holy Spirit to preach and teach and evangelize with a will like we've never seen. So now that I've rambled on enough about Peter, <laughs> you should probably uh, be able to have been in Acts 4 by now, hopefully. Um, and so right before this passage that I'm going to read, Peter and John, uh, they're going around preaching, and they heal a cripple um, who had never walked all the way from birth. He's, they say he was about 40 years old, and he'd never walked. And they healed him. No big deal, right? You know, dude's probably hanging out around the temple begging and uh, for money. 
And Peter tells him, you know, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And the dude gets up and walks. So, of course, the authorities catch wind of this. And like any good official, they arrest Peter and John. And this is in the evening. Um, so, you know, the courts or the judges, um, whoever, have kind of all gone home for the day. So instead of having a trial right then and there, they have to spend the evening in jail for healing a cripple. So this is, uh, we're going to pick up in verse 7, where it's the next day. So the rulers and the elders and the teachers gather to judge them. So in verse 7, he says, they had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name do you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them. Now, Peter's given an opportunity right here. He can back down, and he can deny Christ all over again. Except this time, he's got the Holy Spirit in him. I love that part uh, that says, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. So this isn't necessarily even Peter talking. This is the Holy Spirit working through him. But he also has the courage this time to stand up um, and say something. He's more prepared right? He's ready this time. Temptation dissipates when the Holy Spirit enters the room, okay? Peter's empowered to do what is right, to speak truth, and to do God's will. I mean, how awesome is that? You know, we we can be empowered by the Holy Spirit too, just like Peter. Um, It's still available to us today, church. Um, He didn't die off with the apostles like some do say that he did, Um, But the Holy Spirit is alive and well and is evident in our actions. Um, When we step up to the plate and say yes to God's plan and God's will, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and me and help us through whatever, you know, God's got planned for us. So uh, this is what Peter says, filled with the Holy Spirit. He says, rulers and elders of the people. I I like a good formal address. (laughs) If we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is, he being, he's talking about Jesus here, the stone you uh, you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. So right here, Peter's using the Old Testament uh, scripture to make the leaders understand, right? Um, he's meeting them where they're at. This was really common um, for the disciples because they were, they were usually arguing um, with Jewish leaders who the Jewish uh, leaders, they, they knew the Old Testament. They knew it really well. And so what Peter's doing here is he's, he's going back um, to the Old Testament using prophecies about a coming Messiah to show that Jesus filled the, that prophecy. Because the, these rulers and elders here, um, they didn't, they most likely did not think that Jesus rose from the dead. They don't think he was, he was the Messiah. So Peter's just kind of meeting them where they're at using the Old Testament. Um, it's from the Psalms uh, to help them come to an understanding of, of who Jesus is. So I'll never forget um, the first time Uh, I personally experienced the power of the Holy Spirit, just, I would say, empowering me to do God's will. Um, I had a crush on a girl. Isn't that how every good story uh, about the power of God starts? (laughs) 
Yeah, I had a crush on a girl in high school, and no, this is not about my wife, Rachel. Um, But I soon found out that this girl that I had a crush on wasn't a Christian. Um, That doesn't really stop emotions, uh, though. So just being perfectly honest, I said to myself, I can fix that. I can get her saved. Um, But I I didn't hear like an audible voice from God, but it was more like a nudge that God was telling me I needed to value her salvation um, over her, uh, over my interest uh, in her. So one night uh, we were riding the bus back to school from a choir concert. Yes, I was in choir, second tenor to all the choir nerds out there. <laughs> Brittany's laughing at me. I, um, but I honestly, I don't remember what I said to her, Um, All I know is God nudged me in that moment, um, and I allowed the Holy Spirit to just take take over. Um, I could have backed down like Peter. I could have denied Christ. Um, The Holy Spirit, it doesn't, the Holy Spirit doesn't take over our bodies um, whenever he wants to, right? I had this nudge that this was the moment where I needed to talk to this girl and tell her the story of Christ and about the love of God and how Jesus died on the cross for her sins. But I had the choice to step into that moment. I could have backed down. I could have sat in that bus and done absolutely nothing. But I chose to step into that moment. And the Holy Spirit, I let the Holy Spirit do what God wanted to do. Um, And it was like nothing I had ever experienced up until that point in my life. Um, It was eye-opening for me because um, I got to be a vessel for God to work through. You know, um, Peter's proclamation here uh, next in verse 12 is, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Perhaps I told that girl something along those lines. Um, uh, so similar to what Peter said. He, Peter preached and thousands got saved. Uh, maybe being empowered by the Holy Spirit, my sermon uh, was something similar. Uh, who, who knows? But uh, someone tonight might need to hear that. You know, there's lots of different religions and beliefs um, about how to reach heaven or about how to go to at least a happier place uh, when you die. Um, If you want to know more about the afterlife, come to Drive-In Church on Sunday because our series will continue. Shameless plug there. Um, But yeah, salvation is found in no one but Jesus. Somebody needs to hear that. Jesus saves. He's the only one who was fully man and fully God. And he paid for all of us on that cross so that, yes, in fact, we can go to heaven. Amen? So pick up on this story. I think I was in verse 13. 13. Uh, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. See, these guys, Peter and John, and really all of Jesus' disciples, they were not the top scholars of their day. They didn't have uh, any letters after their names like PhD or MD. Um, You don't have to go to school to preach the good news, church. Invite your friends to church. Yes, please. Invite your friends to church. Yes, invite your friends to church. But just because you bring them to a pastor doesn't mean they're going to get saved. Okay, I think that's a misconception sometimes with, with the church. I can preach till I'm blue in the face, but it can't change the fact that a personal touch um, from a friend 
which is you, uh, who is empowered by the Holy Spirit, might just be what they really need. Bring them to drive in church on Sunday, Sunday at 1030, right in the back parking lot. You can stay in your car. You don't have to get out. We, we do our best to practice good social distancing, but you can still have worship and a message. So come to drive in church. But then you can discuss what was preached with them later. You know, normally, of course, I would say, like, take them out to lunch or take them to a coffee shop. But um, we can't do that right now, unfortunately. But you could give them a call or shoot them a text. Um, you know, start a messenger conversation. Do something. <laughs> so some of you might be saying, but Pastor Daniel, what if they ask a question and I don't know the answer? Welcome to the club. <laughs> Okay? Nobody knows everything, all right? I don't know everything. Pastor Jay doesn't know everything, as far as I know. <laughs> He's very smart, but he doesn't know everything. Nobody does. Tell them, if somebody asks a question and you don't know the answer when you're in one of these situations, just tell them, that's a great question. Let's go to church next Sunday again and find out. <laughs> Seriously, though, I mean, it's okay to not have all the answers. You do have resources, right? You've got your Bible. You have the Holy Spirit empowering you. But you've also got pastors who want to help, okay? Um, me and Pastor Jay, if you guys have questions, if, if you're talking to someone, you bring them to church, and they ask a question, and you don't know the answer, reach out to us. We, you know, give us a call. Send us an email, Daniel Bridge Church. Uh, or jbridgechurch at gmail.com. We, we are happy to help. That's, that's why we're here. My job isn't to get people saved directly, although sometimes that is part of my job and what I do. But what I want more than anything is to multiply disciples of Christ. I want to help equip you to go out and make disciples of Christ. That's the church. I want you to go out and evangelize and, and reach people. Um, hopefully I'm reaching you through this camera here right in front of me, um, setting a fire to do just that. They were unschooled, ordinary men, and these elders were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. They affirmed the power of the Holy Spirit on Peter and John by admitting the evidence of being with Jesus Christ had changed their lives. I told you about the first time I remember the Holy Spirit empowering me, but let me tell you about the most recent. Now, the most recent is actually about 15 minutes ago leading worship, because I don't know, I wish you guys could be in the room. I mean, it was, it was awesome in here, and hopefully that goes through this camera to your, your cell phones or your TVs or your tablets or whatever you're watching on. But um, other than that, what I <laughs> have in my sermon notes, it was just last week. Um, we were, we had a giveaway here at the church, right? Um, we got a truckload of Powerade, um, and I was out there. We have an awesome uh, team of volunteers. We have awesome people at this church, and I was all geared up. Um, I had my mask on, which hid my smile, and that actually, like, made me a little mad. <laughs> but safety first, I understand. It just, um, it upset me because uh, when I was loading people's cars, you know, they couldn't see me smiling at them. And everyone I helped uh, in the, on that day, absolutely everyone was smiling. I've only helped with a few giveaways here. Not, not everyone smiles. I would say like 70%. Some people, they're getting free stuff and they're still grumpy. I don't get it. But that's fine. Uh, you know, we smile at them 
tell them Jesus loves them because he does. Um, but I, I kid you not, this last week, this, this last giveaway, everyone I helped was smiling. And maybe, you know, maybe it was because, like me, they were just happy to see somebody. <laughs> I mean, that's why I was smiling, um, even if it was from a distance. Um, maybe it was because they were getting free stuff. I mean, that's a reason to smile, too. Um, maybe it was because they had been laid off and this was going to help them get through these tough times. I don't know why everyone was smiling, but what I do know um, is that as everyone drove through this parking lot back here, which, by the way, we were backed up all the way to Woodruff at one point. That's how many people came through um, this parking lot back here. But I know that everyone who drove through this parking lot needed a touch from the Holy Spirit. And that's exactly what we had in us. Yeah, we were giving out free Powerade, but we gave out something better that they couldn't see with their eyes. The love of God emboldened by the Holy Spirit. And that's uh, what allows us to do what we do, church. Peter was able to step up and go against the elders and teachers, and, the, and he was able to go against the rulers um, of that day because he had the Holy Spirit in him, helping him to have the courage and the bravery um, to do the will of God. We're in an interesting time right now, too. I mean, uh, but we have the ability to be empowered by the Holy Spirit and be the church like never before. Maybe you're new to this whole Christianity thing, and this can sound a little scary, but can I just say, it, it's not, okay? Having the Holy Spirit in you to help you uh, and guide you in how you talk and how you love people is one of the coolest things you can ever experience as a Christian. Maybe you've been a believer for a little while, and you're, you're sitting at home thinking, well, I've never, you know, had the Holy Spirit come on me like that. Um, I, I want to pray for you, because I, I would take a guess that you've probably been given opportunities and you just, you have to step into them. Like I said, the Holy Spirit doesn't take over your body. You don't lose control of yourself, but you do have to be willing and able to say yes. It's that nudge from the Holy Spirit uh, that where you allow him to help you to do the will of God. Peter sets a good example for us in that um, he's given a chance all over again um, to deny Christ, but instead he steps into it, right? He allows the Holy Spirit to give him the courage to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. And many thousands come to believe in God because of him. So let's pray. God, I thank you again for tonight. I just pray that um, as I'm talking to a camera, I know there are people on the other end. And God, we just pray um, for an anoint, anointing of the Holy Spirit on people, God. That you would fall on them, that you would give them uh, your, your, your presence through the Holy Spirit, God. And that people would be, feel the nudge of the Holy Spirit. And they would know the comfort of, it can be scary sometimes, but when they step into, okay, God, you want me to do this? This is God's will. I'll step up, but the Holy Spirit is going to take over. You're going to have to do it because <laughs> I'm only a man. I cannot do what God wants to do myself. So God, I pray that the Holy Spirit would come and dwell um, amongst all of us, God, and that you would uh, just be with us. Uh, let us feel your presence. Let us know you're there so that when we do step into difficult situations, God, that the Holy Spirit would comfort us too.
We thank you and praise you for that gift, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, church. Don't forget, if I haven't said it enough, drive in church this Sunday, 1030, right here in the back. We've got a stage set up. We are ready to go. Um, But also don't forget, daily connection tomorrow morning um, at 930. God bless.